Hey, everyone, and welcome to Chef AJ Live. I'm your host, Chef AJ, and this is where I introduce you to amazing people like you who are doing great things in the world that I think you should know about. Well, back by popular demand is Donna. Last time she was on, she was down 60 pounds. She's now down 70, and we're going to find out how she did it and check in with her progress. I hear there was a bunch of half marathons involved, but that's not main way you do it. It's the diet first, but exercise certainly helps. And please welcome her back to the show. Hey, Donna, it's been a while. What have you been up to? Oh, thank you, Chef AJ. It's such an honor to be here. I, your program has been so helpful to me and um, listening to your success stories and interviews over and over have been so inspirational and helpful to me in my journey along the way. Um, I hope to be able to give back a little bit um, you know, when we look at what's popular on the show, the success stories are just among the top viewed because people want inspiration and hope, especially this time of year when everybody's motivated and has made their New Year's resolution to do better and lose weight and get healthy. So they, they I think they need to know it's possible. All right. Well, I'd love to share my story. Um, uh, updates. I'm going to screen share if that's all right, just so that I have some uh, talking points. I'm a little nervous, so it'll help keep me on task. Don't, if don't be nervous. Right. I do love your hair. I wish mine was all that color instead of just a little bit that color. <laughs> all right. Selecting screen share. All right. Can you see Oliver? Oh, he's so cute. Is he a yoga, certified yoga instructor? He is. He's a part-time yoga instructor. This is, uh, he helps me sometimes. And so these are some of his versions of uh, downward dog. So, um, so just by way of introduction, my, um, and where we're located, my husband, Oliver and I live in upstate New York. We're actually North of Albany, uh, North of um, your husband and your dog have the same name. Uh, no, my husband is Craig. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, so we live in the Adirondacks up above Lake George, and we've lived in the Albany area most of our lives. We did a short stint in Cape Cod for about 10 years and then came back to uh, upstate New York. Uh, I grew up uh, in uh, this area in small town girl, country girl. And I wouldn't say in terms of my weight journey that I really had a, an issue when I was a child. Um, growing up, I, I had a sense I was probably bigger some, than some of the other girls, mostly because of my height. I was, wasn't the tallest girl in the class, um, but I had a sense that I was just bigger. I was, you know, nor, uh, tall, one of the taller girls in the class. And then, you know, through your teenage years, I think that's when you really start looking at weight. And um, as I understand my weight, I was towards the low end of my BMI. And, but it was the 80s. So, you know, between teenage years, 80s, Jane Fonda was big, that two inch waist, um, aerobics was really, you know, fitness was big. So that was when I started becoming more aware of my weight and kind of getting the sense that I really couldn't eat the same as everyone else and um, started learning about calorie restriction. But again, I, I was at a healthy weight until I went to college. And then I, I, I gained the freshman 15 or 20 and probably kept things a little bit at bay. I was pretty active, uh, got into mountain biking, some road bicycling, and was pretty active in the gym. So I probably could have gained more, um, but hung around the uh, 15 to 20 pound mark. And um, 
worked for a couple of years, then went back to graduate school and uh, still remained very active. I was again, active in the gym, rollerblading was popular. So that helped to keep my weight um, still at the probably, the, you know, fit, I had gained that 15 to 20 pounds in college. Once I started my professional career um, in marriage, uh, I was definitely not as active and then started the yo-yoing where I was gaining more weight. I would uh, lose some weight, focus on it for a while and get down to my goals. And then I would skyrocket back up. And so then became the up and down cycle. My um, in terms of my physical activity, I was still I still stayed a big walker. Um, so that was my biggest activity for the most part. Every day I would walk for an hour, either on the treadmill or outside. Um, so I felt, you know, fairly active. And those times when um, I wasn't walking daily was probably when my weight was going up and I was more focused on work and my professional career and, and other things. Um, and then in late in 2019, as everybody does, or most people do, we start thinking about our New Year's resolutions and, and what are we going to do and what are our plans for the upcoming year. And my weight had skyrocketed back up. I had, um, you know, I had gone from wanting to lose 20 pounds to 30 pounds. I was all the way up to 50 pounds and I had lost 50 pounds and then had regained it and was just thinking, what was I going to do? Um, how I, how was I going to tackle this and was thinking about things that had been successful for me in the past and it helped. And, um, I had become vegetarian at one point and flirted a little bit with veganism and, and had gotten to a healthful weight. And so I was kind of toying around with that. And then lo and behold, I got an email from chef AJ, um, talking about one of her programs. And so that started in uh, 2021. And that first year I lost 50 pounds. Um, I got a little cocky and um, kind of fell into some bad habits and um, gained a little bit of weight back, but then was able to jump back in when there was another program. And um, over each of the last two years have lost approximately another 10 pounds each year. Um, during those first two years, I did not change my um, physical activity. I was uh, pretty much just a, a treadmill person or outdoors about an hour a day. And um, as I was heading into 2023, this past year, again, toying with, you know, what are my goals and thoughts for the upcoming year? I started asking myself, um, let's see if my, there we go. Yeah. Oh, good. Um, I was wondering I, if you're going to advance your slides because I thought me. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I just, I started toying with the idea, why not do a half marathon? And funny enough, in my 20s, I had toyed with the idea of a marathon and I would do a marathon by the time I was 30. And that started to go by me. And so then I had this goal of doing a marathon by the time I was 40. And that kind of blew by me. Um, and then I kind of had this goal of doing a marathon by the time I was 50. And that kind of blew by me. And as I was getting to my 50s, I said, this is ridiculous. I just need to take this off my plate. I'm not going to do a marathon. That's crazy. Um, 
But then this idea of doing a half marathon was kind of like noodling around in my brain um, heading into 2023. And I thought, well, why not? And I started looking into training plans and it seemed reasonable that I could um, do a training plan on my treadmill. I live in the Northeast. There was no way I was going to be doing any kind of training outside or, or jogging or walking. Um, so I did, I was doing a training plan on my treadmill and I, and I figured that I could do a, um, a half marathon in the spring. So my goal, um, half marathon, May, 2023, um, my only goal was to complete the half marathon. I had my, that was, it's 13.1 miles. That's all I wanted to do was to get across the finish line. And I was able to complete a half marathon. Um, I have down here, we have our um, number that we wear. And then when you cross the finish line, you get a, get a medal. Um, and I was really super excited that I uh, crossed the finish line. It was, um, it was a chilly day. We started, um, started out pretty chilly. I ran uh, most of it by myself uh, because it was a very small event, even more north than where I live now. Um, but it was super fun. And I was just so excited to cross that finish line. And, you know, when we're doing some of our longer runs or fast walks, as I call them, um, I could spend some time kind of thinking about um, how my training or my results compared to my weight loss journey. And for this particular event, <clears throat> my thought was sometimes we really need to adjust our goals. And to be quite honest with you, when I first started this uh, plan for my first half marathon, my goal was to do the half marathon in, in April. And based on all my reading and where my fitness level was at, I should be able to do that. Um, as April was rounding the bend and the date for the half marathon that I identified was getting closer, it was just too cold. <laughs> It was just too cold. I was doing my training on the treadmill and everything I was reading was that, you know, to the extent that you can, you can, you can definitely train on the treadmill, but try to get outside if you can. And I was running or, you know, doing my training in, you know, just the perfect conditions in my basement, as far as I was concerned. And I just wasn't ready. So um, just like on our my weight loss journey, you know, there's times when I had goals for how quickly um, I wanted to lose weight or, or make certain goals. And sometimes I just had to adjust them um, and be a little bit more realistic. Um, and then, you know, sometimes we hit our goals. So I adjusted my goals and I was super excited to cross that finish line. So then what do we do when we hit one goal? Of course, we set another goal. And, um, so I had, you know, now I felt like a kind of like a seasoned veteran. I had one under my belt. And, uh, so I looked around at different half marathons that were around and there was one in Vermont. It was touted as one of the most scenic ones in the United States. It's not that far from me. So it was reasonable for me to get there. Um, so I identified that as my next goal and, um, it didn't really have any specific goal other than I just wanted to beat the time of my first half marathon because I thought now I'm, I'm getting a little bit of seasoning under my belt. Maybe I can pick my speed up a little bit. So my only goal was to beat the time of the first half marathon. 
And um, you can see from uh, my uh, medal there for crossing the finish line, I definitely crossed the finish line and it's called the Mad Half. And it is called the Mad Half for a reason. Um, this particular event, <laughs> I was, while I had looked into it um, and I, I was thought I had planned, um, the temperatures were brutal. It was 85 degrees when I finished the event. There were times when I was running along, um, or I would say a fast walk, and my glasses were fogging up, and we were climbing mountains. We weren't climbing hills. We were climbing mountains. So the end result was despite all the training that I did uh, and the time and the effort that I put in, there was no improvement in my time. As a matter of fact, this half marathon took three minutes longer than the first one that I did. So in some respects, I was really, really disappointed. Um, and, but I had to kind of sit back as much as I was disappointed. I really kind of had to sit back and, um, take some notice of what I had accomplished. And, you know, similar to my weight loss journey, I, you know, there were times, there were times in my weight loss journey, just like as I prepared for this event, I put in all the time and effort. I really focused on the process. And um, sometimes we just don't hit our goals. And despite our hard work and efforts, um, despite following the process. Um, with that said, I think you know, when there's times when we don't hit our goals, just like in the weight loss process, um, when I didn't hit my goals, really kind of sitting back and taking a look at the environment or what was going on. And there are times when there, there are circumstances that are beyond our control that, um, you know, if we weren't continuing the efforts that we were doing, just imagine where we would be at. Um, so, uh, sometimes we don't hit our goals, despite what appears to be our hard work and efforts, uh, but we're still making progress. So I wasn't completely disheartened. So I set my sights on a third half marathon because I thought, well, this one is in the fall. I've got a couple more months of training and let me see if I can beat the time of the first two events. And I wasn't completely disheartened because now I set a goal to complete this marathon in under two hours and 30 minutes. And that was taking almost 25 minutes off my previous time. So, and I also picked this event uh, because it was close to home. Um, so I didn't have a lot of travel time involved. So, I, and I had a good idea of the, the landscape involved. This was super exciting. I would, you know, I can still feel, you know, I finished the marathon in two hours and 27 minutes. So I beat my goal, which was to complete it in two hours and 30 minutes. And I took, um, you know, almost a little, about 25 minutes off my time from the prior event. So I was super stoked about that. Um, and then really the comparison to our weight loss journey is, you know, sometimes we hit our goals and sometimes we even beat our goals. Um, and, you know, we have that enthusiasm and that excitement. I did do a fourth half marathon and this was not initially planned. Um, my dad retired to Tennessee. And as I was doing these events, he was excited for me and we were planning a trip 
down for the holidays or thinking about a trip down for the holidays. And he said, well, you know, there is a, you know, they, they do have these events down here. So I noodled around and found one that was about an hour from his house and thought, well, since I did so well on the last one, clearly I could take some time off on my next half marathon because I'll have more training. So I was really looking to take like 27 minutes off my time. I thought that was reasonable because I had taken 25 minutes off my last time. Um, so we went to uh, Tennessee. This uh, is a picture of uh, my dad and I and um, you can see that I am in a winter coat and pants. <laughs> so this event that I had planned and packed for, looking at the weather in advance, I had packed, um, just like in the other events, short sleeve shirts and shorts. I packed a lot of short sleeve shirts and shorts because we had a week down there before the event. And um, the weather kept getting cooler and cooler. And I was so thankful that at the last minute I had thrown in uh, a pair of pants, um, running pants that I had uh, to bring with me. So I actually ended up running the, the event in my coat, gloves, pants, um, and you know everything I could do to be warm because the temperatures had uh, dropped more than I had expected. Um, and the comparison is, you know, similar to my weight loss journey. Sometimes we can set our goals too high, um, given where I had finished the last event, um, taking that much time off my, um, last time was, was probably a little too aggressive. I kind of had a sense of that as I was doing my training. Again, I had to do a lot of my training on the treadmill because it's, um, pretty cold here in upstate New York. Um, and I could, was kind of sensing, ah, I'm not sure that I'll hit it. Um, and, but I was, I had also read that, you know, you get so much adrenaline from when other people are participating in the event, maybe that would help take me to the end. Well, the adrenaline didn't, didn't take me to the end. I knew probably about a third of the way in that it wasn't likely that I was going to hit the two hour or less mark. Um, and I was just striving for to, to, um, beat my time from the last event. So in the middle of the event, I kind of adjusted what my goals were and, um, I did achieve it in terms of uh, beating the last event. And I think another takeaway is um, rather than kicking over the table, take the time to reflect and make adjustments. Um, so, and I've done that frequently in my weight loss journey along the way. Um, you know, there's times I, I can be an HCNC, which Dr. Lau calls is a hyper-conscientious nutcase. And I can set my standards or my expectations too high um, and, I can kick over the table. I have done that in my weight loss journey. And as it, I become more aware of that, I, you know, in knowing myself that um, I can take the time to reflect and I'm less likely to kick over the table. So I think like I shared, uh, sometimes when we're, when I'm doing my longer runs, I have time to, to reflect. And um, I have some reflections in terms of my, marathon, half marathon training and in 
compared to my weight loss journey. And that is following one course until successful. For each of my half marathons that I did, I picked a training plan. Um, they were actually all different, and but I, I just picked the one plan. Um, there was one event, actually the mad half, uh, now that I think about it. I did start off kind of jockeying too, um, and that was just way too hard. Um, and it didn't make any sense. I just needed to pick one path and follow that until successful. Um, and really focus on the big rocks, you know, with regards to running, you can look at a bunch of different things, your cadence and your pace and your heart rate, and you can really get distracted with all those different things. And if I allowed myself to get distracted, really my big rock was putting in the time and the mileage. And, and while my big rock has moved a little bit over time, for the most part, it's putting in the time and the mileage. Um, and I really needed to focus on the process. Um, when I started doing initially doing it, like it didn't make sense to me what I was doing. Um, but then I just needed to trust the process and each of the plane training plans have really come together. You know, how that mirrors my weight loss journey. When I first started with a chef AJ plan, I had, uh, experimented with vegan and vegetarianism and kind of thought I knew what was going on. And I was doing a lot of research. So I was looking at, um, you know, the McDougal program and PCRM and, and folks that are very smart and have terrific plans. And there was something that JP said when I did, was doing the plan, it was just have laser beam focus, just do this and only this for 30 days. So that you can, and, and that really spoke to me and it really allowed me to kind of quiet all the other noise of all the other plans. I just ignored that so that I could just follow on, follow the one plan. So whatever plan you pick, just follow the one plan with laser beam focus and just cut out all the other noise. And it's really allowed me to understand what about this program uh, makes things successful for me. And I would say with regards to focusing on the big rocks, with regards to this weight loss journey, there can be a lot of little nuances that folks can really get focused on, like what time to start eating and how many pounds of this to eat and um, don't eat too much fruit or uh, whatever that is to, to me, that's all noise. Um, really the big rock is what we call eating to the left of the red line. And to be quite honest, when I started and, and still to this day, if I am eating anything to the left of the red line, I don't have any guilt about it. I don't care what time of day I'm eating it. If I've eaten a lot for the day, if it's to the left of the red line, I'm not going to worry about it because I know that it's good for me and it's helping me along my path. With regards to goals, um, similar to uh, some of my events, um, I set them, I adjusted them, I set new ones. Um, I think it's just really important just because we set a goal doesn't mean that we can't adjust it. I certainly needed to do that. Um, when I was planning for these different events and definitely along my weight loss journey, um, there's times when I've set goals to, 
Um, and Chip, AJ knows that chips are my kryptonite and <laughs> I would set goals to not have any chips for 30 days. Let's just do it for 30 days. And I, I couldn't do it for 30 days. So then, you know, after trying that a couple of times, I just adjusted it to a week and um, then went from there. I also in, uh, appreciate setting uh, uh, smart goals. And I just go back to kind of my, you know, I had this like wandering goal of running a marathon. It was just kind of looming out there, but I never really made it a specific measurable, actionable or realistic um, as I did in, in 2023. So while I haven't completed a marathon, I'm really proud of the fact that I set a goal um, to complete a half marathon and I've done it. And um, I think that kind of ties into, you know, if we're not really clarifying our vision and goals, we're kind of wandering aimlessly. I'm also a big proponent of clarifying your goals. And um, it was something in the program where um, it's recommended to do vision boards for me personally, I, I'm not a vision board person. I really needed to kind of wordsmith out um, a vision for myself. And I realized in my professional life, I was really good about setting visions and goals for um, my teams and making progress. And in my personal life, I really hadn't um, worked out the details and the finer nuances. And it was really interesting. One of the first times that I went through it, I established my vision and I set some goals about what I was going to achieve. And as I was really wording out the details and the, um, you know, the timeframes that I would get things accomplished, I realized that I had set too many goals to accomplish in a reasonable amount of time. And it was really an aha moment that, you know, probably so often in my life, I'd set too many goals and it really wasn't possible to accomplish them as thoughtfully as I had. So I really encourage folks to kind of work through their vision and any goals that they have. Experimenting, um, I think is really important and um, each event and training process that I did really was an experiment. I did different training plans, um, I, I uh, really uh, thought about different events. Were they larger events? Were they smaller events? Um, and what kind of support there would be along the way. And um, after an event in uh, even during my training, I would review kind of what I was doing, kind of reflect on it and sometimes make adjustments and, and move and just continue to move forward. And I would say the same about my weight loss uh, journey. Um, you know, Dr. Lyle talks a lot about conducting experiments and um, I've done experiments over and over, whether it's trying to um, titrate down on, you know, olive oil until I eliminated it. Um, you know, I love tofu and I eat tofu and, you know, is it ideal for weight loss? I wasn't sure. So I did some experiments with taking tofu out of my diet and did that make an, a difference? So, um, there's, you know, even when I failed at an experiment, experiment slash goal, there was something to learn about it. So I really encourage that, you know, whatever we do, whether, um, 
you, you know, you set a goal for a short period of time. It's just an experiment. And then um, just review, reflect and adjust um, and we can move forward. Number four, getting the right tools and equipment and, you know, for my running, you know, having sneaker, the right sneakers, you know, the right socks, you know, clothes. Um, and, you know, I, I did, I do have a splurge after I'd done my uh, second one. I did uh, buy a really fancy watch that knows a lot more than is a lot smarter than I am. Um for my weight loss journey, I was when I initially started eating this way, I did not buy any fancy equipment. I was very skeptical. Um, I utilized what I had, which was essentially a knife, a cutting board, um, you know, my pots and pans that I that I have, and I was successful um, initially starting this way. Over time, there were some things that I added, like an instant pot. I would. Um, I've already, I used that twice today already. Um, I have a Breville and, um, that should have made this list too. I love my Breville and, um, California balsamics. I eat, I can eat the same thing day after day. And, um, if you're not familiar with California balsamics, I can just put a California balsamic, a curry or a teriyaki. And instantly I have a completely different meal. Um, so whatever we're doing, I think one of the analogies is just getting the right tools and equipment that work for you. Um, another thought that I had was just adjusting for the environment. And, you know, when I did my events up here, um, and they were over the summer, the shorts and, um, short sleeves worked. And when I went down to do this last event for my dad, um, I definitely had to make some adjustments. I would not have been able to do that event if I had not worn um, a coat, gloves, and hat. Um, so just adjusting for the weather uh, or the environment um, is kind of the analogy to my weight loss journey. <clears throat> Most of my meals for the journey for this journey I have at home, so I'm able to control that environment a little bit more. Um, but the reality is in my life, you know, we go out to eat, there's parties or events, friends' houses that we go to, weddings um, and vacations. And, you know, I just need to make those adjustments for the environment, um, whether it is bringing food with me, um, really funny story. Um, my friends will tell you we're in Nashville and I do carry potatoes in my purse and, um, I like to be a gracious host. Yes, we were out having fun. And if anybody needed a potato, I would have had a potato to share. Um, so really that's just adjusting for the environment and being prepared. In my uh, running training, support has been um, important. There are, I don't have anyone in my world that um, is running or has any interest in uh, running a half marathon. Um, so I have found some virtual groups and blogs. And um, actually, I did some coaching with JP for the first one. Um, so I think that those are really important. Um, in my weight loss journey, again, the, the parallel is there's no one in my world that eats this way. Um, everyone's very supportive. Nobody complains about it. Um, but 
to have anyone who kind of understands the nuances of what we're what we we deal with on a regular basis or or dealing with i'm so thankful to you know various groups that eat this way um the coaches in our forums and things like that are incredibly helpful um and you know for me most of my groups are virtual with regards to accountability partners, I think some folks have really great success with accountability partners. Um, for me, you know, I've had some accountability partners along the way. You know, it's, you know, I think Chef AJ has likened it to dating. Um, sometimes we kiss a lot of frogs and that's not to say that my accountability partners have been frogs. They're all great people. We're all just in different places in our lives oftentimes. So sometimes stumbling across an accountability partner that's in the same spot at the same time, um, rather than accountability partner, I partners, I've made really some amazing friends, um, in some of my virtual groups and we can tag each other pretty regularly. So while it's not, they don't fit the formal um, accountability partner, um, they certainly have been helpful along the way. And, you know, it's supposed to be top 10 uh, reflections. And of course I did 12 because um, I couldn't figure out what to eliminate. Um, one thing uh, with regards to my events, pacing yourself, um, quite frankly, this last event, I started out too fast. And um, that was probably some of the reason why I um, didn't finish the event as quickly as I could have. Um, I still don't think I would have met my goal, but I definitely started out too fast. And I think as I've you know, I've, I've watched folks kind of jump in um, to eating this way or even, you know, other weight loss programs. You know, some people just jump in so fast with with um, both feet that they they kind of exhaust themselves right away and don't leave enough energy to kind of go for the long haul. So I just suggest pacing yourself for the long haul. Know thyself, learn thyself. Um and I, I guess this kind of ties back into experiments is do some experimenting. Um, I, I certainly learned a lot about what I could and couldn't do um, when I was doing my training with regards to, you know, my weight loss journey in terms of knowing myself. There are some people and, you know, for if you want to maximize your weight loss eating this way, you're going to eliminate your sugar, oil, flour, alcohol, and salt. We call that sofas. And um, there were some things that I could eliminate right away. And there were other things that I just couldn't. Other people could. Um, and so, I, you know, I was aware of that and I um, saw that, but I really had to learn for me like it, and my example is olive oil you know when i first started this journey i had the best olive oil you could possibly dream of it was shipped in from california and i'm sure it was pressed a special way and i could probably tell you everything of, and it was, was just seemed just amazing and eliminating that initially was I just couldn't do it. So um, I knew that about myself and I just, I titrated it back. I just started using less and less and less until one day it, it occurred to me, 
why am I even bothering? Um, so at this point, I, I don't use olive oil. Other people were able to rip that Band-Aid off right away. For me, I couldn't. Um, so, and that's okay. So I think just know yourself and that's okay. Um, running, it's a solo sport. It's a team sport. And, you know, so much of what we do when we are running um, is we're on our own. And there were a couple events. I was just out there by myself. The first event, there weren't, you know, it was a very small event. There weren't very many participants. And there were long stretches where it felt like I was the only person out there. Um, yet at the same time, you know, it's a, you know, everybody is so excited, um, you know, that you're out there doing it, people that are waiting at the end, it's a team sport. And um, I have found that on this weight loss journey, there's a lot of times we're on our own, we're in our head, we're trying to figure things out. Um, and then it's also a team sport. There are people out there that are rooting and cheering for you. And sometimes you're just really surprised by it. Um, at the very first event that I did, um, this was just such a, a great story for me personally. There was a woman who was starting, uh, we were starting the half marathon and so she, we were chatting as we were waiting for it to actually the gun to go off. And she asked how many half, you know, half marathons I had done. I said, this was my first one. And she was like, oh, this is going to be so much, you know, so much fun. I said, how many have you done? She said, well, I was just doing it today as a training event. I thought to myself, you're doing this as a training event? Like, who does that? Like, I'm just trying to get out of here and do the half marathon. Um, at the end of the event, as I was coming across the finish line, she was there waiting. Clearly, she had finished way before I had. And she waited. And that was just such... Um, it was so touching to me that she was that supportive. So um, it's a solo sport. It's a team sport. And sometimes you just never know who's cheering for you. Another thought that I'd had was just fuel up and stay hydrated. <clears throat> I think a lot of times when we're on this journey and I have become, I have been guilty of this because I've done a lot of calorie restriction programs is, you know, when we're trying to maximize weight loss, we try to cut back on the calories. And one of the things that attracted me to eating this way was that I could eat as much as I wanted until I was sat comfortably satisfied. I could eat whenever I wanted. And um, as long as I was comfortably satisfied and I was eating to the left of the red line. Um, and this is so analogous to, um, running in terms of especially long distances is so important to make sure that we're staying fueled up and hydrated. So um, I would just encourage you if, you know, when we're eating this way, whether you're trying to maximize weight loss or whatever it is you're trying to do, just stay fueled up and, sat uh, and satisfied. Um, you'll stick with it uh, so much longer and you'll have the energy to stick with it. One of my favorite sayings um, is also practice makes permanent that there's no, uh, perfection required and, um, just practice, 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 um, with regards to my training there, you know, that I was doing, um, we're just 
of we're practicing the same thing over and over and over. I hate to say it. You're just, you know, you're putting the miles in and um, I'm, I, I'm no speed demon by any stretch, um, but just practicing the same things over and over and, and taking the time. There's no perfection um, about it. Um, and I would say the same thing on this journey. There's, you know, there's things that we do that are, that may take us out of our typical schedule, like going to a wedding or going on vacation um, or just interacting with others that don't eat this way and just spending time, you know, kind of anticipating or planning how you might um, handle those events. And then when it comes to those events coming up or those situations coming up, we do what we think we've practiced over and over in our brain. And, and then we figure out, help figure out what works. Um, so practice makes permanent. And then the last thing I'll share um, with regards to my reflections are just kind of rinse and repeat. Um, and for these events, are, there's this big saying, nothing new on race day, nothing new on race day. So if you get a really cool shirt in your, you know, your baggie, you don't wear it on race day because that might rub in the wrong spot. Um, if you fuel up with uh, things that are available at the aid stations, like um, I, I just stick to water and, and some gels don't try anything new. Oftentimes they'll have like Gatorade or different drinks or different bars and things. And, you know, I have read um, that, you know, you can have some really bad react, you know, gastro reactions that will cause you to use the porta potty. So nothing new on race day. Um, and I think the analogy there for me is just rinse and repeat. Um, Sheva AG's programs I've done over and over again and um, her tools are available for us to do on our own. So there's times when I've done them with groups, which is super exciting because there's other people there that are um, seasoned veterans and and um, they're just so excited. There's a lot of enthusiasm. Um, and sometimes I just do them on my own. I'll pick a 30 days and I'll just do, you know, kind of go through the material. So uh, rinse and repeat where um, my eating is pretty similar to that. I, I eat a lot of, I will eat a lot of the same things over and over again. It keeps things easy for me. And then when I get bored, I just switch to something else. Um, so I'm a big advocate of rinse and repeat. And kind of, um, I just want to close this, this quote came across my uh, feed the other day. And I thought to myself, wow, that it just kind of spoke to me. Um, I think as women in general, we can, um, we can put others before us. And, and sometimes there it's a, it's, it's important for us to do that. Sometimes I think we can put ourselves last. Um, so I just really kind of encourage uh, folks that, you know, be thoughtful about when you're saying yes to others, make sure you're not saying no to yourself. And that's really all that I have to, to share about my analogies. That is great. Donna, I have so many questions. If you want to stop <laughs> sharing the screen now, you I can. will stop share. You know, I, I, one of the things I took some notes, I love the saying practice makes permanent. Yeah. It, it's just, a, um, you know, 
So, and, and I have personally been guilty in, especially in my professional life and also my personal life, you know, practice makes perfection and always striving for perfection. And, um, I think I've just realized that like, really, what is perfection? Like, why, why strive for that? So, um, just trying to get some really good habits and, you know, practicing them over and over makes them permanent in my brain so I can respond to people or just respond in situations. Um, yeah. Did you always want to run a marathon? You know, for some reason it, it hit me, I think in my twenties, I remember saying to myself, I'm, I'm going to run a marathon by the time I'm 30. And so I don't know, I really don't know where that came from, um, but it was kind of noodle, noodled around and I didn't never hit it, 30s, I never hit it, 40s. And so it just kind of ended up with a half marathon. How long is a half marathon? A full marathon's 26 miles, right? 26.2, don't want to lose the point two. <laughs> and so a half marathon is 13.1 miles. Had you ever run before? Have you been a lifelong runner or did you have, how did you train for this? No, I, I was, um, I had probably done a little bit of running in high school, a little bit of, um, cross country and track, but not anything. I, I, I wasn't really serious about it. Um, and I had tried, you know, periodically I'd done a little bit of, but nothing serious, probably since my twenties. Um, and I wasn't really super serious then I was, had gotten a little bit into mountain biking and road bicycling, um, a little bit of road rollerblading, but really in my thirties, it just kind of, I just did walking. And how long did you have to train for this? Did you have a coach? So the first event that I did, I, I trained probably almost for uh, my first training plan was 16 weeks and I pushed the event out. So I probably ended up more, more with 18 weeks. And I did actually, uh, JP was, I did use him as a coach, um, for the first event. So that was really helpful, um, because I was concerned about, was I eating the right things and, um, what to do about fueling, um, and staying hydrated. So he was really helpful with that. What did you eat to train in, in, the, in the two and a half hours or so it took you to do that? You don't stop and eat or go to the bathroom or do you? No, I, no, I didn't. Um, and the first, first couple of events, I actually wore a vest that had my, um, electrolytes in it so that I had my water. And then I do carry, um, gel packs, uh, by you can. And so those, that was kind of like my fuel and my hydration, the last two that I've done, I've, um, I haven't carried anything on me to drink. I've just done the water at the aid stations and, but I do carry, um, the gels to fuel up and they suggest that you fuel up like every 30 to 45 minutes from what I've read and kind of follow. What, what are the gels made of? You know, I don't know. Uh, I really should probably look at it. It's not sugar. Um, it was something that JP recommended. Um, they're not, they're, they're kind of, it's not my favorite thing to eat in the world. <laughs> um, but I, I kind of, it's kind of like taking medicine. I know that I, I need it to kind of keep fueled up and feel my best as I'm going through the event. 
Did you have to change your diet at all during the training? I did not. I, um, I eat to the left of the red line. I love my food. <laughs> um, and uh, so I did not change my eating at all. I might, might've been eating a little bit more, um, but I really, I, I really didn't, didn't change my eating at all. That's great. You know, I, I'm so sad to hear that no one in your world eats this way. How is that possible to not have one friend after your success that doesn't want to eat this way? I, I know. I'm, I'm, my goal is to change the world one bite at a time. I have, um, I've inspired my nephew to eat Brussels sprouts. I have inspired like four households, five households now, I think, to eat, um, those mini uh, peppers, you roast them in the Breville for like 45 minutes on 350. And they're like candy when you eat them. Um, my And actually one of my goals for this year is the past three years, I've really focused on my meals and how I eat. And I eat very plain. And I really don't care what anybody else eats and they don't care what I eat. This year, I'm going to expand my um, menus a little bit to try to uh, entice people to eat more meals this way. So that's kind of on my radar screen. Well, the Super Bowl's coming up. You can have a Super Bowl party and make all kinds yeah. of chilies and nachos right. and all out of plants. <laughs> that sounds like a great plan. Yeah, that is something. Let's see what I wrote down. Oh, you know, it's so funny. You wrote down, I'm not a vision board person because I really am a vision board. I know. <laughs> I love to make, because, well, I like the idea of what JP talks about that, like everything is a vision board. You're referring right. to a vision board, you know? Yeah, I think I, I'm such a linear, you're um, you're probably more of a free thing. I think I'm such a linear thinker that I I need the to kind of like write out the words and really kind of plot my course. I'm not as visionary. Well, I, I actually, I'm, I'm in the, because it's the beginning of the year, so I'm making a lot of new vision boards. And I actually just take words too from either Google images or magazines, but I, li I like pictures and words yeah. together. Yeah. That's awesome. What was the temperature? Do you remember when you ran the marathons? And you, you did four, right? I did four. Um, In what so time frame were, were the four? Like how, what? It was from May to January. Um, so the May one was probably in the forties. Um, the July one was in the eighties. It was 85 when I finished. Um, the October one was the perfect temperature. It was probably in the seventies. And the one I just did in Tennessee, it was in the thirties. It was, it was brutal. I had done some training outside up here in months, a couple of months prior, but I, I wasn't ready that <laughs> yeah that's incredible are you going to do any more or are you going to try to do a, a full one next so i've made a um i've decided i'm going to train for a full marathon um so i've i've picked one it's in may and it's supposed to be flat and there is a they have a half marathon before it, I think it's in April. That's a training. <laughs> so that'll be a training half marathon. So I, I'm, I'm excited about it. And, but I, I've also, I'm looking at it as, you know, this is a goal that I have as I make progress towards it. Um, I can decide to do it or to not do it. Um, and really my only goal is to make it across the finish line. So 
That's neat. How do you, when you're training, how often do you have to run and how far every day? I imagine almost every day, right? So, um, you know, there's, there's different training plans. They strongly recommend at least five days a week. Um, so it's generally, so running, uh, you know, and I'm, I'm not fast. I'm not a speed demon by any stretch. So I'm generally running, um, five days a week, uh, doing what the training plan is calling for. Some days are short days. Some days are longer days. Some days are focusing on getting a little bit faster. Um, this, the last couple of events, I was really thoughtful about trying to fit in some strength training, um, kind of working on my upper body. Um, the, the first event was long. It was, it was hard and I could, my back, lower back was feeling it. So I've really worked it, worked on kind of strengthening my upper body and that's made all the difference in the world. Do you mind me asking your age? I am 54. Nice. Yeah. Amazing. So what do you eat for a day? People love to know that, you know, <laughs> they can't figure out what to eat and what people that have been successful in losing weight and maintaining their weight eat. Cause we now, we know in detail what you do for exercise, but exercise really wasn't the reason you lost 70 pounds, was it? No, no, it really it wasn't at all. I wasn't doing hardly anything when I lost my first 50. So what I eat in a day, um, what I eat in a day, I, I have a bunch of items that are prepared that are in the freezer that I can pull out. So for example, your red lentil chili, I have some butternut bisque. Um, I have, um, shepherd, uh, lentil shepherd's pie. So I have a bunch of things in, in the freezer that I can pull out. And that for the most part, it can be my variety. I might have one or two of those in the day, generally a soup. I will, I do start my day with vegetables for breakfast. I just, I've gotten into that habit and I just love my vegetables for breakfast. And I will eat the same thing for I've gotten a routine where I, I, I used to try to, when I first started, just try to have so much variety and do different things each day. And now I've just kind of settled into this routine where I will eat the same thing for days on end until I get bored. And then when I get bored, I'll switch to something different. So, um, lately for breakfast, I've been eating, um, a big salad and it's just a great way to get in, you know, all sorts of vegetables, depending, you know, I prefer my salads in the summer because things are in season and they just taste so much better. Um, so now we're a little out of season. It's also a little cold. Um, so I, I'm probably like this morning I had mushroom soup for breakfast. It was just so delicious and it was warm because it's, it's, a little cold in upstate New York right now. So veggies for breakfast. Um, I love my potatoes. So I'll, I'll, I'll do baked potatoes, sweet potatoes. I'll slice them up and roast them and make uh, roasted potatoes um, with um, a little uh, balsamic vinegar. And um, I make my own ketchup, tomato paste, and, you know, maybe some onion powder, just like you get, that's just a mate. Like that's just amazing. Um, rice. I love rice, brown Jasmine rice. I'm now mixing rice with, um, 
oak roots. Um, so I'll, I, I'll do 50, 50 of that. And that's just absolutely amazing. Um, so for yesterday, I had a salad for breakfast. I had, um, rice and tofu and a vegetable for lunch. And I had, um, again, the same vegetable, broccoli and rice for dinner. I change it up by having, um, I'll change up the California balsamic. So I had curry at lunch and then I had teriyaki at dinner. So it, to me, it's like a completely different meal. The foods are just amazing. Um, so I, yesterday I was just on a rice jag. <laughs> I really appreciate how you said the simplicity that you enjoy just eating to the left of the red line. And for those not familiar with that, that's just, uh, it's eating in accordance with the principles of calorie density, fruits, vegetables, whole grains, and legumes, all of which have 600 calories per pounds or, or less. And when you eat those foods, you don't weigh and measure and you don't worry. Yet so many people that come to me or the program or read my book say, well, how many sweet potatoes should I have? And how much rice should I have? And how much fruit? And it's like, I don't know how hungry you are. You know, <laughs> It is so true. And I will eat, I can probably eat most people under the table with just my, the volume of food that I eat. Um, but, you know, having been a calorie counter for so many years, I can look at my plate or plates of food and someone else's plate of food because nobody else eats the way I eat around me. And their plate is probably like three times as many calories as what I'm eating. And I'm just so happy with what I'm eating. I get to eat the volume. I don't restrict. I don't ever go hungry. And that is so important because it's very, you can lose weight on any program, but losing weight without hunger. That's what Dr. Lyle talks about, losing weight without losing your mind. So I'm sure people are interested in to know how long did it take you to lose the first 50 pounds and then the 60, which is last time you were on and now 70. So I haven't had a perfect journey. <laughs> the first 50 I lost in, in 10 months, it was it just boom, it came off. It didn't matter how much I ate. As long as I ate to the left of the red line, um, I was losing. Um, and it was pretty, I probably got a little cocky and, and it's generally I hit that 50 pound mark. And that was when I would skyrocket, always skyrocket back up. And I stayed, I stayed vegan and kind of following the principles, but there were things that were sneaking in and my weight was, uh, sneaking up. So in year two, I kind of got a hold of that and, um, then lost another 10 pounds. Um, and then this past year, um, is essentially I lost a, another 10 pounds, five to 10 pounds. So I'm almost right, right. there at the 70 mark. So in a way you kind of have like, cause I love your, your PowerPoint, you made a parallel between your weight loss journey and your fitness journey for both slow and steady wins the race. Oh, that, yeah, that's a good, yes. Slow and steady wins the race. You should almost call the, the presentation this because so many people are looking for fat, fast weight loss and they gain it back even faster sometimes than they lose it. And it's the slow, fast way. Yep. Do you ever worry that you'll gain all or some of your weight back? I know so many people until they're like, I don't know, sometimes five years out, like still think that it's that they, you know, they're, they get scared sometimes. Um, yes and no. Um, initially more fearful of that. I, and I hung on to all my clothes and, um, 
I could probably tell you, you know, I had a closet that my clothes range from um, fat, fatter to fattest. And um, interestingly, I have gotten rid of all of those old clothes. And as a matter of fact, yesterday, I just called some more clothes out of my closet um, as I'm kind of whittling things down. So um I think it's there it, niggling in the back of my brain that I could. And I, and the reality is if I go back to eating the way I was, I will gain the weight back. Mm -hmm. If I stay eating this way um, and you know, one, one tip that you have, you shared um, that I really glommed onto was do the least restrictive program you can do to get the results that you want so sometimes we get wound up in the fact that we're not getting the results that we want, um, but we have to reconcile it with, are we doing the least restrictive program that we can live with for the rest of the, our lives? So um, I've never been planned perfect. I, I think there's like little snapshots in time where I've been planned perfect. I've, I've worked my way down eating, the way I know I can eat for the rest of my life. So there are times when I've kept things in my diet um, that were not sophist free, just kind of experimenting and seeing how it went. And then I would get to a point where I'd be like, oh, well, let's see what happens when, when I give that up. And how do I feel about it? Oh, actually, that wasn't so bad. Um, and there's some things that I've kept in. But so do you do you you're you eat to the left of the red line at them as much as you want as often as you want whenever you want do you include foods to the right of the red line if so which ones how often in what quantities i generally don't um well uh, my dad was up visiting and then um we went down and visited with him um he started he's gotten into sourdough <laughs> And so that was something that um, I wouldn't say it snuck back into my diet. It was something that I allowed in um, and it, I would not have earlier in my journey. I, I cut out all flour and sugar with flour and sugar was easy for me to rip off that bandaid. I just eliminated them for the most part. Um, and so this is something that's come back into my life. And I was very mindful of, it's not necessarily the sourdough because the ingredients are pretty clean-ish um, and it's vegan. I, I toast it and I don't put anything on it. I'm just enjoying the bread as it is. Um, and it's something that I'm mindful that I need to, I, I will be aware of that if it's getting out of control, then I need to take a look at what's going on there. You remind me of me and my journey. I have a saying, when in doubt, leave it out. And I did not eat any bread or flour products for actually the first 12 years of my weight loss journey. And then wow. I had a guest that wanted to be on the show and they make this bread called Pacha bread. And it's two ingredients, buckwheat and salt. I would prefer it didn't have salt yeah. and I do include it now, but I don't eat it every day. And like you, I don't put anything on it. Like I'll use it like, like if I'm eating soup with greens, yeah. kind of as my spoon. And, uh, but I'm the same way that if something is troubling to me, then it's gone. Yeah. It's, um, and it's, 
I, I can look at things differently than I did. And, and I know if like, if I have, I've had something and it's, you know, I understand what it means that it bangs on your brain. And if I get something that's banging on my brain, I need to really think about, um, you know, where that's going to be in my environment, if it's going to be. Yeah, I want to talk to you about environment because, you know, I think for me, the pacha bread isn't a problem because, well, first of all, I have a double uh, freezer that's double. It's I don't see it like I, okay. I have, yeah. when I open my freezer or my fridge. I don't see it. I don't have to smell it because it's not being toasted. I don't have I, mean, I do toast it, but I don't have like it's not like I used to love the sourdough bread from San Francisco. And it's not like it's sitting on my counter. But this is the thing. I always feel like it's not a one size fits all, but everybody needs to know themselves. And I'm curious, in general, is your environment clean? Huh. Um, no. <laughs> oh, no. So tell me how you navigate it. Have you ever had a clean environment? And do you think it would have would have or will or could make a difference? Oh, having a clean environment absolutely would make it the difference. Um, and it's, 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 and my, and my husband is so supportive. I mean, all the different crazy diets that I did over the years, he was so supportive. So do I have a clean environment? No. What I did learn about myself in this journey, um, we do a lot of entertaining. We live on a lake and we just love entertaining and having people around and, um, what do you do when you entertain? You always have snacks. And so um, I was, we were buying snacks to have in the house when people were going to come over. And I realized <laughs> as I was going through this journey, now they were things that I was, that were, you know, really I, I shouldn't be having, or I knew would be stalling my weight loss process. And I realized that I was replenishing the, the snacks because I was eating them. <laughs> So, you know, this is where you can you start to know thyself. So there were things, there's things in the house, there was always flour and sugar and things like that. They didn't call to me, they didn't speak to me. But there was there were things that were calling and speaking to me that I was bringing into the house. Um, so I started being very thoughtful about one, any snacks that came into the house that my husband wanted, I, I tried to pick ones that I really didn't like. So they weren't calling to me as much. And then I, for the most part, stopped buying snacks unless people were coming right over or because people always want to bring something, I would just recommend, well, you know, we don't have a lot of snacks in the house. You know, I've been eating this way. And, you know, if there's something special that you want, you can bring it. And so then they bring it for that visit or stay. And then I try to send it home with them. Or if they don't want to take it, I'll tell them I'm going to throw it out if you don't want to take it. Um, so I try to be very conscious about what's coming in the house, limiting it. And um, those things only go in like a couple of spots. My poor husband, he has like, in, when you open the refrigerator, all you see is my food. Because <laughs> anything of his is kind of like tucked below or on the side. I don't want to see it. When I open the refrigerator, I'm going to see good, healthy stuff that's going to hopefully trigger me to do the right thing. Do you, do you cook for him? Does he eat any of your food? He does. You know, I I love to cook and um, he enjoys my cooking. And when I started eating this way and we were, it was during COVID, we were both home. Um, he wasn't... It, the way I eat can be 
pretty plain or boring if you're, you know, you're used to eating and it was, you know, initially plain and boring to me. Now I love it. Um, he was just choosing to cook his own food. So we're kind of shifting the other way where I'm cooking more things for him and don't tell him that he's in, he, I'm sure he knows he's getting a lot more vegetables <laughs> than um, he would if he was cooking on his own. So kind of nudging back in. I should have asked you this before, if you had any before pictures. I do on my, um, I'll share my screen. That'd be fantastic. If you just give me a second. Take your time. And I got just a few more questions. And guys, if you want to be uh, with Donna in a very supportive, amazing class, the reboot program starts very soon. And this is not her first time taking it. It's not her first race that she's running. And yeah. it's amazing how people that have been so successful, like Susanna and Zena and Pam, still come back. It's such a great program. It's, and I think I said before that um, people are just so excited when they start. Um, oh, I love that. So here are... Um, this is 2005. You can see I'm starting to, and I, I have it like a 10 year span that I lost all my photos. So I'm, I, that's why partly why I don't have a lot. The other part is I avoided being in pictures as much as I could. Cause I just wasn't happy with my weight. Um, but you can see in 2008, this was like my favorite Thanksgiving shirt. I would always wear it over, but who knew that, um, it was my shacket. I was way ahead of the, the curve with the shackets. <laughs> um, in 2011, um, yeah, again, I, you know, just, you can just kind of see, you know, swollen and, and heavy. And then in 2000, that was February 23. What is, that's beautiful, Donna, and your hair, even everything looks amazing. What has your husband or friends or family said about your success? Have they noticed? Oh yeah. They, you know, everybody is, um, so supportive. I'm, I'm really lucky in that re respect. And, um, you know, my dad was so cute. He's, he said to me, he goes, I've got a serious question to ask you. This is when I was down visiting. I thought, Oh my God, like what is possibly coming up? He's like, how much weight have you lost? <laughs> so, um, he, you know, he, it's, everybody's very supportive and we, I cooked a couple of meals down there. He loves to cook. We enjoy cooking. And um, so he was inspired by a couple of recipes. So I'm, again, just trying to change the world one bite at a time. So, you know, it's interesting. You said it was very easy to get, for you to give up sugar or flour. Maybe it wasn't easy, but you were willing. But you took a little longer to ditch the oil. I know. Well, I'm Italian. <laughs> We cook everything with olive oil. Olive oil is, you know, uh, part of life. It flows through our veins. Um, so it, we cooked a lot with olive oil and it was, it was in everything. Um, yeah. So but now that you understand left of the red line, which is basically just calorie density, you know, that if anything, even more so than flour and sugar, that would be one of the biggest secrets. Well, not only from calorie density, but when it, I taste it on my tongue. It's, it's, I never would have thought this. I, I love food. And then when I taste it, it's like, it's like a slick on your tongue and you really can't taste the food. And I thought, oh, 
where, when did that happen? People, I've had chefs saying, well, I, you know, food won't taste good without it. it. Food tastes better without it because you exactly said what it does. It coats your tongue, it coats the taste buds. And so the only way to make food to taste good then is to put a lot more salt on it. Oh, uh, yeah. So, that's so I'm glad to have ditched the oil. So tell us about the Remove program. You've taken it before. Why are you coming back? What do you like about it? Oh my gosh. The, the, it's, it's hard to pick just one thing to be excited about with the reboot program. Um, one of the things that I love when I'm in it is, and I think I mentioned there's an opportunity for all the participants to interact on a forum. I guess I would kind of like liken it to a Facebook page that, but it's not on Facebook. It's a, it's a private forum where people can just ask questions and really talk about kind of their journey and what's going on. And it is, and I'll be quite honest with you. The first time I took the program, I was a stalker. I did not interact on the forums. I just, I was just a stalker reading what everybody was saying and kind of the challenges they were facing. And invariably I would stumble across a cha the challenge that I was facing or folks were sharing their stories and there's, you know, there's generally a, some sort of parallel, um, I call it parallel lives that, you know, kind of spoke to me. So the, the forums were absolutely amazing. Um, you have live uh, question and answer sessions with yourself, JP, um, and those are just so invaluable. And just kind of um, the whole momentum of everybody interacting and kind of keeping you on track for 30 days um, is just invaluable. And I, there's always, I can listen to the same video over and over again. Um, and I don't know if I'm just, I've got a little ADD or if I'm just always distracted, but I always hear something new. Um, and maybe it's, it's, it's not new information. It's something that occurs to me, ah, this has kind of slipped off the radar screen. Maybe I just kind of need to bubble it up and think a little bit more about it. Do you like the monster three hour Q and A's with Dr. Lyle and Dr. Goldhammer? There's one with each of them, by the way, during the three. Oh, they're both amazing. Like I, it's, they're, they're both, they're so funny they're, because they're so different um, in their approaches and, uh, and they're, they're also like, they're so smart in what they know and how they put things together. Um, and, you know, it's funny, you know, Dr. Lyle, he's got the patience of Job. He'll he just like kind of works through the whole thought process. And I love that. And you got Dr. Goldhammer, he'll, you know, fire through, um, you know, a thousand questions, you know. Uh, yeah, a thousand questions an hour, literally, literally. Dr. Lyle gets through one. You know, you started your weight loss success journey a little bit later in life. And what would you say to people that have given up hope that they could ever lose weight? You know, if you're still breathing, there's hope. <laughs> I've, you know, I, I felt like I had, you know, done every program um, out there, you know, there were times when I was at my heaviest and I just thought to myself, Oh, why can't you just be happy with your, be happy with where you're at. And, um, you know, I think as I reflect back, this information was kind of floating around out there at different times. I had done Dr. Furman's program and, um, different programs that I had done, you know, had elements. Um, I don't know what, 
was the um, what tripped this program as being the right one, whether it was the right time in my life and everything kind of came together. I also have, you know, great appreciation for how you've put things together. Like for me, I'm very logical. So things seem very logical to me. Um, and I also get the opportunity to kind of rinse and repeat and have the same information and kind of distill it through. So for anyone at any point in their life, um, heck, if I can do a half marathon <laughs> in my fifties, um, I, I, what's the worst that can happen? Try it for 30 days. Exactly. Cause I love your idea of these experiments and that's really what reboot is, is a 30 day experiment. It's not. Absolutely. Yeah. What do you say to somebody that maybe is on the fence, whether they should take it? Cause this probably is the only time this year we'll offer it. Oh, I would say do it again. What, like, what's the worst that's going to happen? It's you give it a try. Um, and like, uh, JP, you know, has said over and over again in yourself, just do the best that you can. Um, it's an experiment and see what the results are. I'll be quite frank with the chef AJ. When I first started, I thought, oh, I, what attracted me was I could eat all that I want to eat vegan. That seems pretty easy. And then this, all this sofa stuff came about and I thought, holy smokes, what am I doing? Like, did I not research this enough? Um, and just do the least restrictive program. You can do the best that you can. And it's amazing the results that you will see in a short period of time. You don't have to do just, just do some of it and, um, you will see results. And I think when you see results, then you just, you you get the motivation to keep chugging along. Right. Don, it was great reconnecting with you again. Congratulations oh, on your continued, not just weight loss success, but fitness success. I don't think oh. I've run more than to the corner. So very <laughs> inspiring. I love it. Well, happy new year to you. Thank you so much. I look forward to seeing you in the course. And thanks all of you for watching another episode of Chef AJ Live. Please come back tomorrow for another great show.